1: What is wrong with the Cavs and the Warriors? Are the Magic for real? Can the Pistons make a breakthrough this year? The only question left is say it with me, you win. Hey, sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the B Ball Breakdown podcast slash live show. And as always, on Monday, I'm joined by Dave Dufour at Dave Dufour NBA. Uh and uh it's been a pretty eventful weekend. Monday to talk about for the NBA, wouldn't you say,
0: Dave? Uh yeah, absolutely. It was a it was a busy weekend. And uh you know, those are always good, right? Uh
1: busy weekends are always good. This morning was also very busy. I I, I suspect we had nobody bu- uh, banging down your door and uh searching through your papers.
0: Uh no. Uh as far as I know, I'm not mentioned in the indictment documents. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right good 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 although you know you i do have my suspicions about you being a spy as it is anyway so uh that'll have listen, to be worn out
0: listen you speak a little bit of russian you travel around the world and all of a sudden everybody thinks you're a spy like this is not anything new to me i've been dealing with this for a while
1: you know mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i i i wouldn't i would expect you to get more scrutiny as well on that so um well let's talk a little bit let's scrutinize uh some teams in the nba that have had some a rough start of the season because uh, it was strange. I tweeted it out on Saturday that both the Magic and um, the, uh, let's see, Magic in the East and the Grizzlies in the West were number one in the conference after, you know, five, six games, which is pretty crazy, which also means that the Cavs and the Warriors are kind of down low and struggling. So what do you make of these two teams, the two finalists the last several years, struggling so much to begin?
0: Well, with the Warriors, we can basically just throw it out, right? It is, uh, it is. You know, Steve Kerr, again, with the screwy rotations. These guys are not really interested in, in playing these games. And uh, I, I haven't seen anything that's too troubling, except for the effort, right? For the Cavs, it's the same thing that you and I kind of railed about last year, where their defense is terrible, and it only got worse. They got older. Um, the, you know, their best players are in year, like, 14 or 15. You know, it, it's, uh, that's mm-hmm. troubling. LeBron is still looks like LeBron, which is great, but he doesn't look totally engaged, and so you know, take that and less shooting.
1: You know, less engaged, but he's still like getting triple doubles and he's still filling up the stats. But it's a bit empty. Um, The thing I noticed, I'm going to do a video on this is like the defense is bad. Like, so they're ranked 27th right now in defensive rating, but guess what? The Warriors are 28th. Like, that's unheard of it's crazy um, but the thing with, I noticed with LeBron is okay I, it's fair to say that he's conserving energy on the defensive end is that's that fair uh, yeah
0: that's yeah that yeah that that sounds about right but then there's been a lot of sloppy offensive possessions uh, one that stands out to me yesterday he was like just going behind his back and lost the ball and, and you know that's just not normal LeBron James behavior we're, we're used to seeing him be incredible. All, at all times and nearly perfect, especially on the offensive end. Um, and then the traveling thing has just gotten to the point where it is. I mean, it's laughable. It's a joke, right? Like uh, I, I think in the Warriors game last night, the Warriors Pistons game, uh, there were, there were like three or four travels called. Yeah. Has LeBron been called for a travel this year? I know he has done it multiple times last night, possibly being the worst where he took six steps in the lane
1: it's just insane. Right. Yeah, I tweeted that out. Uh, someone shared it with me. I had missed it because I was watching part of the game, but I didn't see that one. And, uh, yeah, it was like crab dribble and then slide the pivot foot and, uh, and do all sorts of crazy stuff. And people were, you know, it, it's like – and to get back to your point as far as the traveling goes, yes, there's a huge emphasis. We did a video with Ronnie Nunn last week where we showed how much they're emphasizing the traveling on the perimeter. And so it's like it clearly is a thing. Now, that said, in defense of maybe the referees and their focus, maybe they don't call the one on LeBron, A, because it's LeBron, but B, because he's in the lane. And it's not that, like, shot fake, try and just spot up and then attack in the basket, which is where they're calling all these travels now. But still, um, yeah, it's pretty bad. It's been very bad. And, and you know, it, does this go under – do we file this under sort of star treatment for LeBron? Is that what the traveling, non-traveling calls are? I mean, but Steph Curry got called for a travel.
0: Right, like so, I don't think that you can say that. I think it's just that the referees, like, he must be just really good at it. Let's put it that way. But Mm -hmm. like when you're watching on TV, we have a great angle, and we, you know, we can see all this stuff. But that one last night was just so obvious. I couldn't believe it was called. I mean, uh, it it was it was brutal. But anyway, yeah. Back to like the team struggles thing. Uh, You know, I'm not I'm not worried about the Warriors at all. This could be the season that the Cavs don't make the finals. I mean, like, I know we said that last year, and LeBron did LeBron things, and I expect probably right. something similar will happen this year. But they, they just got – I just feel like they got worse this offseason. Uh, losing Kyrie, turns out, is actually a big deal.
1: Uh, it, it absolutely is, and, uh, and not having Isaiah Thomas. Now, very briefly, in our little uh, queue, we have some people in our show right now who are part of the, uh, the shindig. We have Cowboy, Caviar, DJM, Al, and Toms. And if you guys have a question you want to ask, you can either, if you're on a your computer with a, uh, with a uh, camera, you can ask us live with that or just by uh, audio. So raise your hand. There's a little button in there. I think you can raise your hand to ask a question or as a question area, either one of those, and we can find it. And if you do, we'll, pu- we'll put you in our show and you can ask it directly. So that'll be exciting. We did this last time, Dave, and we had a couple of good questions that way. Um, and if you had either text, audio, or video, we'd love to see your face and have you talk to us. So... Um, so let's go. Let's go through the the uh, the, the one point I want to make about LeBron defense is that so what I've noticed is is that he's willing to make the first rotation, and I'm going to go through the footage. What I've seen with my, just by watching a little bit of the Cavs this year is that like he'll bump down on the roll man, or he'll rotate down on the weak side, but then when it swings to his man, like in the corner, he makes no attempt to to close back out again, and they're getting wide open three point attempts that way, especially in the corners. Uh, that's a real problem. And obviously when you're playing against the, uh, the Cavs and who have LeBron, you're going to need threes to overcome that. And, uh, that's what's going on so far.
0: Yeah. And they're just not even getting the threes up, right? Like they're, they're not, they're not just not making threes. They're not shooting enough threes. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's troubling, man. And, and, you know, there's, uh, I keep hearing Isaiah Thomas is coming back. Don't worry. They'll be fine. Isaiah Thomas is coming back. A when, when is Isaiah Thomas coming back? Right now, we don't know. It's undetermined. They're they're saying maybe January, right? Uh, yeah, uh, what, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. What Isaiah Thomas is coming back? Okay. Hip injuries Ooh. for basketball players, man, they can be killers. And and you oh, know, yeah. is he going to come back? What what percentage of Isaiah Thomas are we going to get? It's not going to be a hundred percent. He's got an injury that is. I mean, rest doesn't solve this problem. So you know, I, I don't think Isaiah Thomas is going to be some kind of savior for this team. The other thing is man, their biggest problem is defense and Isaiah Thomas is terrible. He's worse than Kyrie. Right. So yeah.
1: and I can also speak to the to the nature of the injury as well as rest is not going to help it really. That's the thing. Uh, if they're not going to do surgery, then he can you know, probably do like Pilates or that kind of thing for, like, for strengthening and stretching stuff. But it, he's going to be in pain uh, when he plays, and they're going to have to just manage that. So as far as I could tell, my feeling is the only reason why they're waiting until January is simply because they don't want to aggravate the injury anymore and have to just deal with it from January on. It's nothing to do with the fact that he's going to get better with this. And impingement doesn't really get better. Your bones are hitting bone and your torn labrum is gonna to be torn. Uh shorter surgery, it's not gonna get better. So that's why they that's, to me, it's the only reason why they're waiting this long. And um, you know, it's it's gonna be an issue, especially when you said about the defense, because you know, they're already struggling. Derek Rose has, has not been that answer either on that, and he's not not looked that great. Uh, and let's, let's face it, they gotten blown out three straight times, or not, sorry, they got blown out twice by very inferior teams. Uh, if we look at the schedule right here, they got blown out last night by the Knicks uh, at home. It was a second of a back-to-back, but still, it was at home. Uh, they lost to the Pelicans, and they got blown out there. And then they had lost uh, you know, to the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn. Whoa. So uh, th- this is the problem. First game of the, year.
0: the first game of the year was the game that Gordon Hayward got hurt, and it was still close with Boston. So... You know, I I just I think that right now that's just in a very good team. I think they'll be fine. They still have to be the favorites to make the finals just because of LeBron. But at a certain point, like he just cannot do it alone. Someone else has to do something.
1: Yes. What What was the tweet he had, or whatever like the quote was? Uh, he needed. Uh, he needs reinforcements. He needs something. I can't remember what he was saying last year, right? Uh, he needed the, oh, someone yeah. to come in there. He demanded the trade for some more firepower. So clearly, they they understand that. Now, as far as the Warriors go, uh, right? We mentioned, you know, the, the wacky. Uh, I mean, it looks like what Steve Kerr wants to do is in the first twenty games, he's just going to throw everybody out there to see what he's got, you know, and he doesn't care if he goes twelve and eight. Or whatever that's The best be. center on their mm-hmm. roster
0: that's not Draymond Green has been at, inactive for the last two games. You know, I mean, like th- this is experimental season for for Steve Kerr.
1: Wait, who's the best center on the roster? Jordan Bell. Ah, okay, right. What's his? I mean, me maybe David hurt. West.
0: No, no, it's just so he's rotating the the minutes. That's it. He's he's going pop. You know, with his with his bench and especially the end to bench stuff. And, and I mean. He, he really has embraced his inner pop and, and is totally going for it. And it it's hard, it's hard to argue against it because of how successful Pop has been. But at the same time, I don't know that the Warriors have the mental makeup that the Spurs have had. I don't know if these guys can continue to lose these games that they should be winning and they can stay happy. So, you know, that remains to be seen.
1: Absolutely. Well, you know, we have a question here, it looks like, from Tommy. Are the Magic for real playoffs – uh, great question here um, from Tommy. Uh, what do you think, Dave? Have you had a chance to watch much of them this year? I,
0: I have. Uh, the Magic are, have quickly become much must-watch basketball. They're they're like a great league pass team. Um, yeah, I think I think they can make the playoffs. I've said this a couple times in the last week. Their pace is super high, and I think that the the offensive rating is probably unsustainable. Just I don't think they have the shooting to continue to shoot as well as they have. But if you look at what they're doing, it is sustainable. Their best three-point shooters probably Nick Vucevic. He gets to, in the high-tempo offense, he gets to get a lot of trail threes. He's shooting fantastic percentage from above the break. Uh, he's really comfortable there. So when, when the rest of the guys get out and run, they're causing the defense to have to drop back, and Vooch is getting these wide-open trail threes. And then when the defense tries to recover to him – these guys are cutting off of that. It's it's actually pretty impressive. And, and it's it's amazing that it took them this long to figure out how to use Aaron Gordon. It doesn't it doesn't oh, hurt yeah. that Aaron Gordon's shot looks so much better. His shot stroke is much improved, and I'm glad to see it this
1: early in his career. I mean, probably worthy of a breakdown. He's shooting 50. Oh, I just cut off a damn thing. 50-something percent from three on four attempts per game, plus which is crazy for a guy who had never, ever really done that before. Um, I don't even know what to make of that. But, you know, so tell me, if you're looking at mechanic-wise, because I haven't studied it really frame by frame. What are you seeing with Eric Gordon? So and he's, he's scoring 22 a game, 10 rebounds, almost three assists. He's shooting 58.8%. percent we see seen a lot of guys start the season yeah. you know, over four, five, six games shooting lights out, which makes sense. They're coming off with the training of the offseason. They're probably not beat up yet, so they're, they're going to be feeling comfortable. But what, are you seeing anything very specific in what he's doing on uh, his shot that's leading to such a high percentage on a high volume?
0: Well, he's turned his body some, right? And that always helps, turn the feet. Um, and then he's not jumping as high. Remember, this is something you and I have talked about with, uh, with Russ. If Russ didn't jump so high on his threes, he probably would shoot a much better percentage. And so he's conserving energy, but also it's a more repeatable motion. So I think that he's just more consistent. But what he's doing right now is probably unsustainable. I don't imagine he's going to shoot 50% for the year. <laughs> that would be insane. Right. Um, but there's nothing in his mechanics that, that don't make me think that he could be an above average three-point shooter, 38%, something like that. If he can shoot 38%, Aaron Gordon's a max player. And you and I, yeah. you and I, have talked about it. His athleticism is off the charts. Now they're playing him in, in the right position. He's pushing the ball like he's actually kind of uh, like Blake Griffin light over there. I hate to do that because he's been compared so much to Blake, but like just in the way that that the offense is really like you can tell he's sort of in charge of it, of the pace and things like that.
1: Absolutely, you know, Blake Rivens is a really, really great comparison. And as we go forward, I'm sure you know he's shooting a, a career high from the free throw line at four and a half attempts per game as well. So everything is now ticking up for him. And certainly, the Magic deserve a breakdown. I need to do one. I haven't even done one of them for years at this point. So I'm excited to get in there and really look at what he's doing, uh, particularly, especially to get this, that many assists as well. Because um, that, that this is a, yeah, this is sort of a, an all star status here. Now, if he drops down to like 38. percent, I, I don't know the math exactly, but he probably goes from 22 again to, what is that, like 19-18, you know? But, like, that's 18-10, yeah. uh, 1.3 blocks, and three assists. So that's, those are great numbers for a guy in his fourth year on a team that's, you know, up and coming. So it's really exciting to see what's going on with the Magic. What's also really exciting is that DraftKings is back with NBA Daily Fantasy. You can be part of the action every night when you choose between public contests with big cash prizes or private contests where you can take on your friends. If you're a beginner or a casual fantasy player, they've got a contest for you as well. Drafting your team is simple. Pick eight players and stay under the salary cap, something Doc Rivers is going to have a hard time doing with DeAndre Jordan pretty soon. You earn points for scoring, assists, Blocks, rebounds, and lots of other stats. There's no better way to turn your love of basketball into cash in your pocket. And there's no commitment. Each day is a new contest. So hurry to DraftKings.com now and use code COACHNICK to play free with your first deposit for your share of $10,000 in total prizes tonight. That's code COACHNICK to play for free with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings the game inside the game. We have another question. Should we throw it up here? Sure. Let's do this. Um, Cowboy Caviar asks, were either of you guys expecting Kyrie to maybe carry more of an offensive load in Boston uh, than he has? And by the way, let me throw this in there. If you join us with the link, if you go to my uh, my, uh, uh, Twitter account, you'll see we've done a bit.ly for this, uh, that you can ask a question in our shindig and it'll go right up on the screen for you. So check that out if you can and ask some questions. You can do it with video too. So, so let's go back to the question. Kyrie, uh, Cowboy Caviar wants to know if uh, we expected him to do a heavier load than he is.
0: Um, I think a lot of people did. Uh, I'm trying to pull up his usage. I mean, his usage is at like 29%. That's a pretty heavy load for for the Celtics. You know, they don't yeah. they aren't normally so, so dependent on one guy. So it's a pretty heavy load. Um, he is taking how many shots per game? He's taking... Uh, almost 19 shots a game, which is last year he took almost 20 shots a game. So uh, it's pretty heavy load. He, he just isn't performing as well as as people would expect. Um, he's shooting 41% from three, but only 47% overall. So I think that uh, that's, um, that's really actually, the difference.
1: He's not. He's shooting 32% from three.
0: Oh, yeah. My bad. What was I looking at? I was looking at, looking 2. at overall. Attempts, field sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. 32%. Thanks. Uh, From three. So he's just not shooting as well as we expect. And so it may, I guess it looks like, you know, he's not shouldering much of a load, but I mean nearly 30% usage rate. That's pretty high.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, I there's, there's, you keep seeing a little bits of evidence of him getting it and like facilitating his assist numbers are not up when I thought that they would be. He started the, you know, the season, uh, up, uh, you know, with, with 10 assists and look like, oh, he's going to start getting eight or nine a game, like, you know, as opposed to the five and a half he was getting in Cleveland. Uh, but it's kind of right back down to that 5.7 mark where he's always been. And, you know, I think that's just sort of a function of dealing with, you know, Jalen Brown just sort of getting – I had to imagine there's got to be a number of blown assists for him as well. Um, I, I, you know, you see that a little bit where these guys are getting, you know, good passes from him. They're not knocking down the shots. Uh, and then, you know, they're, they're, they're just going to be up and down up until, you know, Brown could get more comfortable, and then um, um, the guy from Duke is um, oh my god, I always forget his name, Jason Tatum, uh, until he gets more comfortable as well. And the, and the whole team kind of gels around the non-Gordon Hayward or that absence. Uh, they got to throw Morris in there now, so they're going to be up. It's going to be up and down, I think, for the first half of the season.
0: Yeah, I, I, it'll be fine. Um, you know, the, their their abbreviated training camp was all about integrating Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving. And then in the first game, Gordon Hayward goes out. So, you know, take him a little bit to, to kind of reconfigure things. Um, I would love to see his usage go down a little bit, but his efficiency go up. Uh, and I think that that could happen if, you know, if the rest of his team kind of picks up the slack. I'm with you on that.
1: Right. Well, should we turn our uh, our eyes over to the chat room in the Periscope, which we have some people out yeah. here right now? because. Certainly. Uh, see if you can grab a question here. I'm going to tweet this out. Let everyone else know we're still out here uh, recording because. Um. Um, yeah.
0: So uh, are the Grizzlies for real? This is from Miller Mears three. Uh, can they keep winning enough to get in the playoffs? Um, I, I feel like it could
1: be real. We'll see. What do you what do you think, Nick? Absolutely. I mean, we just did an article um, on the dot com about them because they're, they're kind of a weird band of misfits off their bench. It's a weird collection of players. Chandler Parsons is looking like he's getting back to his old self a little bit there, uh, you know, which makes me excited because, you know, he's gone so long and it's been so hard for him. But they got like guys like Brandon Wright and Dylan Brooks, who, again, another guy who was completely overlooked for no reason, as far as I could tell, loved him in college. Uh, Tyreek Evans, Mario Chalmers. It's a it's a it's a strange world of lost toys. And, and they're actually doing well and keeping this thing together around the the, the two stars, Gasol and um, uh, Conley. And so they are you know, this is this is a team that could that definitely could compete. What I find so interesting is that they've been able to maintain their identity, that grit and grind identity for so long through three different coaches and a roster's turnover and all these different things. And yet they, there they are. And they still play the same way, even without like Tony Allen there. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's impressive. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, how about this? Uh, Katie, the kid asks if we could give the Pistons some love. You know what? This is something I wanted to talk about today. The Pistons have looked really good for, for a variety of reasons. Uh, Tobias Harris is looking like the guy we all thought he could be two years ago. Uh, Andre Drummond hitting free throws. Looking pretty good on defense. Reggie Jackson mm-hmm. looks healthy. Guys, look, they look happy to kind of be playing together. Stanley Johnson's been great on defense. Um, yeah, I, I'm impressed with the Pistons, man. I, I think that they're they're looking really good. They, um, Avery Bradley doing Avery Bradley things, you know, <laughs> it, yeah. just what he does. Uh, I mean, yes, By the way, uh, another
1: guy. He's shooting forty six percent from three on four attempts per game. Again, like I, I have to look at the overall league average, I have to imagine it's higher than it normally is uh, because all these guys are shooting so well from three. Uh, even Tobias Harris. I mean, I'm I'm blown away right now. He's shooting forty six percent on six attempts per game from three point land, which is crazy. So again, that's not sustainable either. I don't think for him necessarily, but um, yeah, I yeah mean, when you get a healthy Ben Jackson – yeah.
0: He had a huge three right over Durant last night in the, in the game uh, against golden State I, I was it was really impressive
1: yeah. And so, you know, they got, they're getting good production from the guys they need. And Reggie is now healthy again and giving his, you know, that's his, he'll give his 16, 17 a game and six assists or seven assists per game. So that's what you're going to get from him and just be a tough guy to guard. So, um, yeah, I mean, listen, it was funny. We had a big podcast last week with uh, Chris Oliver, who had gone to four different practices uh, during training camp for multiple days on four different teams. And the way he compared the Pistons to everybody else was like Stan Van Gundy was out there and he was just coaching and really like teaching the game and then helping people learn how better to, you know, execute and how to get better. Whereas the other teams like the Cavs, uh, and it shows, you know, didn't really do much at all. And I know veteran teams, they already have a shorthand or whatever, but uh, it, it definitely sounded a little bit um, unimpressive. If you haven't listened to that podcast, you should, because it is really, really good uh, as far as, um, you know, uh, like getting insight into what it is to watch a real NBA practice and what that's like. So uh, I, I think it's there's no there's no doubt why they're starting out so strong. The only question is, can they sustain this and, and lead this to them in the playoffs? What do you think, Dave?
0: Yeah, I mean – I guess we'll find out, right? Like cuz I think they'll make the playoffs in the East. Um, you know, can everyone stay healthy for the whole season. That's that's going to be the big the big trick with them. Um, yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh, we're getting a lot of requests in the chat to talk about Oklahoma City. Do you have do you have a take on OKC?
1: Well, are we surprised that it's been a struggle so far?
0: No. No, I'm not. At all. And 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 not this is not a negative thing. I just think it takes teams a little bit to figure it out, especially, you know, Mello and Paul George are kind of getting into new roles. And and so is Westbrook for that matter. Westbrook's been really good. He's been really good. Yeah. Uh locked in on defense even. I've I've watched him quite a bit. Uh his off ball defense has been much better than in years past. And he's getting rebounds, but they're they're part of the scheme now. Not he's not leaving his man to go rebound. So Mm-hmm. That's been really impressive. Uh, I think he's been better so far this year than he was last year because he's playing. I mean, it's a, it's team concept basketball that he's playing, and he's performing so well, uh, shooting the ball really well from three. And and you know if that if that can be maintained, then you know it's going to make it easier for these other guys to kind of you know pick their games up. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. It takes a little little while to figure things out.
1: Right. And a quick snapshot of the production right now is, you know, Russell Westbrook has taken, a, you know, has, has cut his points, his points per game uh, quite a bit, which makes perfect sense with Melo and George. And yet he's still averaging a triple double and he's shooting really well from a three and he's kind of cut down the threes as well, which has been really important for him. So Carmelo is averaging 24. Uh, Paul is averaging 20. And guess what? Stephen Adams is averaging 14 and a half. And, uh, and eight rebounds. So, if you were to come to me and give me those numbers, uh, to, you know, for the season, I'd say, great, that's exactly what they want. Especially when you look at their third ranked in defense so far and through six games. Um, And they're 11th in offense. So it's like there's got to be a, a, you know, a an adjustment here as these numbers start normalizing where they're going to win, um, you know, more of these games. It's a little bit. I think there's a little bit of an anomaly when you're playing that. Well, we do know that the Minnesota game was a loss that was sort of a wonky ending that maybe shouldn't have gone against them that way. Um, And then another close loss of the Wolves as well. So I think once they get away from from that those couple of losses there, they'll get back to winning their sixty percent of the games and be third in the conference.
0: Yeah, I think they're going to be fine. Um, let's see. Would well, we you have a rather here have... in the, uh, hang on, um, we have a question here in our
1: shindig, so let's do that. So, publish. What do you, this is? Tom's asks. What do you think about Dwight Howard so far this season? It looks like he is back in some good m- moon. <laughs> do you think he can keep it up? Um, Interesting question. Have you got a chance to put some eyeballs on Dwight this year?
0: Yeah. Dwight's looks really good, man. If, if he wasn't shooting like 25% from the free throw line, we would all be really noticing. But his rebounding has been fantastic. His defense has been really good. Again, Steve, you, know, you and I talked about this before the season. Uh, Steve Clifford knows how to coach defense with a guy like Dwight. He coached Dwight in Orlando, right? So, um, mm-hmm. you know, he knows what he's doing. He knows how to use Dwight within Dwight's kind of – you know, the scope of his game offensively still don't, you know, don't love some of the stuff he's doing, like, you know, trying to post up and things like that. But whatever, Um, defensively and hit on the boards, he's just been he's been fantastic this year. And and I, I think he can keep it up. I think he can. Now, let's see, though, you know, at what point does he start to annoy his teammates? I've already seen some stuff where, you yeah. know, you remember in preseason when he went coast to coast, right? Well, yeah. now he started. He started bringing the ball up after defensive rebounds, some, and you can see his teammates already being like a little annoyed by it. <laughs> so that guy just must well, be a real asshole in the locker room. I mean, they, people <laughs> must just really not like him because to get in that annoyed that quickly over something so innocuous is, you know, that's something, right?
1: Well, here's the thing. I think he's probably got a smile on his face. So it's almost like whatever, you know, issues is sort of like backstabbing issues behind the scenes. You know what I mean? I feel like, you know, uh, on the surface of it, he probably is nice and trying to be nice, even though it's you know, he doesn't the actions don't always match. The thing I'd be watching for is uh, with those post ups is is the turnover issues he's had. And he's he's averaging a career high right now per game at four point two. That's way too high for a center. Um, even for a center who handles the ball a lot, four point two is, is way too many, especially when he turns them over in the post area when you're supposed to be down there getting a good shot at the basket. So that's the issue you're going to see there. That's going to that's going to hurt them to some degree. Um, but overall, you're right. I mean, his numbers are good, and you know you can't you can't argue too much with what's going on there. And if you look at their um, let's see, their record right now is two and three. So it's not like they're gangbusters, but it's uh, there's something happening there. I I, I won't disagree with.
0: Yeah uh do you get any thoughts on oladipo that's another thing that keeps popping up in the chat what do you think about oladipo
1: well here's the thing i was looking at his numbers i actually haven't had a chance to watch what he's doing i have to admit it i you know for some reason indiana just isn't on the top of my list how about for you yeah uh
0: i've i've watched him a little bit and you know he looks confident that's number one right like he looks confident Mm -hmm. with the basketball um the numbers are pretty good uh but you know but it's early um a 575 effective field goal percentage 25 points a game uh his usage is 31 and percent that's like superstar level usage and he's making the most of it i, I think he's been pretty good um this is sort of where we kind of thought like yeah, we thought I mean, he it, might saying last year
1: yeah, I mean, is, is it a natural progression for a guy who's entering his fifth year and now has the more free reign to do things than he did in the past? I mean, maybe uh, again. By the way, another guy who's shooting, you know, forty-seven percent from three on five attempts—it's crazy. Uh, maybe worthy of a video just to do that. Is spotlight the top ten, like ten guys who you, who are surprising. Blake Griffin's in that discussion. Did they make the well Did they make the Maybe they're using different is- balls. Maybe the balls are different. The stitching is different.
0: I don't know. I don't think so, but uh, that's what they do in baseball.
1: Maybe it's what happens here in
0: basketball too. We ju- they juice the ball. Um, you know, Steph Curry's only shooting thirty four point seven percent so uh, from three. So I don't think it's a juice ball. I just think it's early. Um, these guys will come back down to earth, uh, but but at the same time, what we've seen in these first six games with him, I think it's pretty. Like it shows a guy that has developed, and and the bigger thing is the confidence. Um, we kind of thought he would be this guy as a secondary playmaker for OKC last year, but it didn't happen. Now, part of that is it's I think it's hard to be really good like this next to Russ, at least last year's Russ. Um, but Orlando cut bait on him a little too early, right? Like they gave up on a, a lead guard needs time to develop. It's just how it is. It takes him three or four years to kind of figure things out, figure out, you know, pace and and how to, how to even run a pick and roll, put a guy in jail, things like that. We're seeing all this stuff from Oladipo. Uh, The other thing, I mean, his shooting just looks so much better. And I don't know if this is confidence or just better rhythm or if he really put in a lot of work. I haven't broken down his mechanics to see how it compares to last year or the year before. Um, But the biggest thing I think is just that he's not playing spot up. He's got the ball in his hands and able to develop a rhythm. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm encouraged by Oladipo. I love that Indiana's getting out and running. I think that's what young teams that lack skill should do. Uh, so I, or it's working for Orlando. This is what the nets do. Get out and run and, and, you know, put the pressure on the defense and, and then also you get extra possessions unless that other team is also going to, going to match your pace, which most teams aren't, but if they do, okay, well then now they're playing your game and they're playing right into your hands. So I think it's smart. Um, I didn't, never would have thought that Nate McMillan was the guy to, to run a fast paced right. uh, offense, but Hey, here we are. And that that opening game where it was 141-31, man that felt like you know old school basketball.
1: Oh yeah, and yeah, they're fifth and pace, and they're pushing the ball. So it's you're right, and that, there's no, there's a comfortability, I suppose, is the word uh, with Depot having the ball in his hands more compared to what it was like in OKC, for instance. Uh, even though his numbers were pretty similar in 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 Orlando and, and in OKC, so. Uh, something clicked, I guess, at least up until now. And uh, if this keeps happening, then uh, th- this will be you know, proving my point that as we move forward, I have to imagine, you know, three-point percentage has not moved up at all ever, basically. It's been stuck around 35%, 36% for the average for all these years. And at some point, you have to imagine, as it takes more and more hold of the game, the guy sees the shooting better. It's just, I think this has to happen. Yep, I agree. So don't forget, if you join us in the shindig, uh, and we tweeted out the uh, link there, uh, then you can ask a question live. In fact, you, there's we have people in the, in the chat room right now. You can come in here and actually ask a question with video, which would be really kind of neat. Join the program. So Jonathan's in there and Tommy and Leo and Tom's and DJM and Cowboy Caviar, you're still in here, come on, jump in here. And uh, ask us question with your computer if you have one. I, I think you might even be able to do it mobile with your uh, with your phone. So jump in here and uh, let's watch some more questions. We got a few more minutes here, so um, anything else that we want to talk about? This has been already a great. Uh, we've covered a lot of stuff so far.
0: Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I, let's see. We got a, we got a, another question in the shindig uh, from Tom's. Uh, let's publish. Um, we were worried all summer about the east but it's less i guess it's not as bad as we expected is there any reason <laughs> for this it, the, you know what i'll say is and and i hate to give this answer but it is really early right and we also had a shorter training camp I, I, like i think that denver's early off uh, offensive struggles you can put a lot to that you know uh to their uh short training camp the, the fact that uh, we're getting like defensive teams are actually doing really, really well against some potent offenses because the offense takes longer to dial in the offense than it does the defense. It's sort of like mm-hmm. in baseball where, where pitchers start out ahead of hitters like the first month and six weeks of the season. I think that's what we've got a little bit going on. And so some of these East teams are catching some of these Western teams at just an inopportune time. But, you know, you got to be ready to play. And, and you know, ultimately... The game first game of the season counts the same as the last game of the season. So, um, but yeah, I've been, I mean, let's put it this way. The East has been way more entertaining than I expected, particularly because of Indiana, Brooklyn and Orlando. They've just been so much fun to watch. And I mean, I'm loving it so far.
1: Me too. Brooklyn is, you know, another big one. We did a great uh, video with Spencer Dinwiddie, the hero of the game against the Cavaliers where he broke down some of the key plays that helped them win. Uh, and yeah, they're doing some great stuff. And you know, it's it's amazing what happens when you start getting you know some nba level quality talent there and veterans. And all of a sudden, you know, you start playing better, and you're certainly in those games more. It's not a twenty point blowout in the first quarter or at the end of the first quarter. So, uh, but I would yeah, I would expect these things to normalize a little bit more as we play more games. I'm not sure that the East has played more games against the West than normal or than or that many even in the beginning. In a way that um, once those games start coming in, the West Coast trips come on, and they're they're playing. You know, you have to go through the triangle like an East Coast team has to play Dallas and San Antonio back to back or whatever. That's We're going to start seeing, you know, the East, I think, uh, start to lose their any kind of edge they might have in the the records. Uh, Interesting stuff. So uh, what do you say? Anything else? Oh, there's a great question here by Edmund Holden on the uh, in uh, the uh, Periscope. Would you rather have Avery Bradley or Patrick Beverly to defend the lead scoring point guards?
0: Uh, probably I don't know you know that's tough because they're both really really good at what they do Avery Bradley is a little bit a little bit longer but I think Patrick Beverly gets guys out of their comfort zone right and he gets into their head a little bit more so I'd probably take Pat Bev and and that's just because I really like the mental aspect of his defense I think he does such a good job of irritating guys and also you know he really – his physicality is just something that a lot of guys struggle with. Um, so I'd probably take Pat Bev, but I love Avery Bradley. I'd, I'd love to have both of those guys as my guards, right? Like that would just – give me those two. Yeah, give me Jake Crowder. Give me Draymond Green.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I agree with all that stuff. Um, I think that, um, you know, as far as toughness goes – it's you know you got it. I think you want to take, especially with three point shooting. You want to get guys uh, out of their rhythm, and you probably have to go with uh, with Patrick Beverly uh, because he's just gonna he's just gonna get you uh, thrown out of the game. I mean, he's gonna get you attack. He's gonna get you some stuff, um, and that that's the difference there. So. Um, uh, anyway, yeah. Sorry, I'm trying to do two things at once. So yes, so I would I would probably say Patrick Beverly, but I love what Avery Bradley's doing. And again, Detroit's a great pickup. Um, you know, for them as well in a way that he's that he's a big reason why they're 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 doing what they're doing. I'm sure Coach Van Gundy loves him.
0: Yeah. Uh, how about one last question? Um, okay, we got. Uh, let's see. Oh, we have one in our
1: in our shindig here. Yep. Let's let's yeah, do I it. Just, you got it.
0: Yep. Uh, Leo. From Leo. DeAndre Jordan was in trade talks. Do you think they flip him before the trade deadline? Could the clips get anything of worth at that point and more than last season? Uh, I guess. Do you see anyone that could take them to the next level competing? I love DeAndre Jordan. I think flipping him right now, even though he's going to be a free agent this summer, would be a mistake for a team that's trying to compete. If I were them, I'd be trying to re-sign him. I, you know, keep him around, right? Good culture guy. Yeah. Good defender. Um. He really like. I mean, him and Patrick Beverly, uh, as your point of attack and your guy in the rim at the rim, like that's that's huge for them. It allows them to play Gallinari at the three, right? That's the only reason they can get away with that. So, um, and and sometimes Blake at the four. Uh yeah. So I did read about the the or from Zach Lowe where they said that they tried to make the trade for uh, Clint Capella. That's Daryl Morey really being interested in DeAndre Jordan I mean I know that he really likes him a lot so um, yeah I would be hanging on to DeAndre Jordan but if he's not going to resign then you need to then you need to trade him you can't lose a DeAndre Jordan for nothing
1: yeah but here's the problem you can't afford to pay him like 27 million dollars whatever he's probably going to end up getting on the market you can't do that so you know no matter what you can like, here's my take on that I, I like DeAndre. He's a good rim protector He can, you know, alley oops, and he can set screens, do all that things. But you could find a guy to give you seventy-four percent of that production for like, you know, three million dollars a year or whatever, six million dollars a year. Sure. And so, you know, that, that's that's really when you start getting that money ball feel, where it's like, well, what can you get? What what version of the can you can can Willie Reed give you seventy-five percent of him for nothing? Yes, I mean, I, I would think you, you can. Um, so I don't think they, that's a problem. It's a real dilemma that the Clippers are going to have to deal with, and uh, I don't know. Do you have any? Do you have faith that they're going to be able to execute something that's going to be smart around him?
0: Um, Well, I mean, Doc Rivers is no longer the GM, right? So it, we know that he's not going to make a trade for like KG. He's not going to trade DeAndre Jordan to TNT for KG, right? So we know that's not happening. Um, With that being said, I don't know. I mean, I, what's the market, right? Like, like you just said, uh, we're we're seeing. NBA centers, traditional centers, go the route of the running back in football. You know, you can get them late, and they can come in and do stuff. I mean, Jared Allen is a, is a good example, right? He was like the you know twenty second pick or whatever he was, and and he's probably going to be decent by year two, year three. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it, there's a lot of centers out there, and there's not much of a market for them. So I, I'm not positive. I, I actually. I wouldn't have hated the Clint Capella trade for either team. I think DeAndre is more ready to contribute to a championship-level team, but Clint Capella is pretty damn good, and he's coming along quickly. So, you know, um, I don't know. It's tricky. I I doubt anything happens. I I would guess that DeAndre Jordan stays. Him and Blake are really close. Blake just signed a five-year deal. I would assume that they keep DeAndre around.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly for this year, it's worthy because I think that they're onto something here and perhaps they're playing even better than they did with CP3, uh, which is worthy of another video with a lot of stuff to do. And if I can just get through this week and the weekend next weekend with a big family thing I've got planned, uh, I'll be able to finally go full four on all the videos and analysis and pods and everything and get back to the right schedule, which should have started now. Right. We shouldn't have had the season for the last two weeks. I don't know why. So I know why it started so early, but man, it shook everything up. So Uh, Well, anyway, listen, Dave, great show, really good stuff. I think we've covered a lot of great topics.
0: Yeah, I I mean, you know, it's hard to believe we're going into week three now of the NBA season.
1: It happens so quickly. And I I can't encourage you all to join us when we do these shindigs where you can actually come in and ask us questions with text, which we did today. Uh, Every once in a while, somebody wants to come on with a camera or with uh, the audio and ask a question like a call in show. So get used to doing that. That'd be really fun to interact with you guys that way and uh, we'll chop it up again soon and uh, keep your eyes peeled on all the things that are happening in the NBA this week there'll be a lot of good slate of games and a lot of good videos coming out so Dave, as always, thank you so much for joining us and don't forget sports fans at p Breakdown, we're not a channel we're a conversation, you win are you in Dave?
0: yes I am